0: This episode of Bike Club is brought to you by Core 3 Group. Before we tell you what Core 3 Group is, let's talk about what they are not. Core 3 Group is not a large marketing and branding firm. They're not caught up in layers of people and expensive marketing solutions. They do not push opinions to their clients that don't align with the marketing planning they develop. Core 3 Group is a right-sized marketing and branding consultancy focused on personal attention, Growing your businesses. Working with startups to well established businesses, they are knowledgeable, they listen, and they are responsive. Core 3 Group develops marketing plans and solutions that fit your goals, your scope, and your budget. Dynamic websites, social campaigns, design, creative writing, and product staging are all things that Core 3 Group can do for your business. If you're ready to grow your business, rebrand with a business facelift, or attract, and retain clients, it's time to contact Core 3 Group. Core 3 Group, where everything about your business matters. To learn more, visit www.core3group.com. Welcome back, Bike Club listeners. My name is Antonio Fabrero, and I am the founder and CEO of AdSap LLC, and your host of today's episode of the Bike Club podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing some of the common reasons why Apple will reject your app from the Apple App Store. Welcome back, and like always, thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the Bike Club podcast. In this episode, we're going to be discussing some of the common reasons why Apple rejects applications, whether they be iPad or iPhone applications uh, from the Apple App Store. We're going to be speaking today from our experience working with our multiple different clients and with uh, deploying some of our our own internal mobile apps to the Apple App Store. I had I had uh, created a YouTube video an animated YouTube video in the past kind of highlighting some of the five common reasons um that Apple will, will reject a mobile application from the Apple App Store. And that video just to clarify was more of a generic reason, you know, some of the the top reasons why Apple rejects any applications. Um but today I want to focus more on discussing and talking about some of the or some of the reasons or the more of the common reasons why, uh, some of the client applications that we develop get rejected the first time around, um, or why maybe specific updates that we, uh, create for a client's mobile application will, will get rejected. Um, no need to panic. If you're interested in developing a mobile app, uh, it's, it's actually a very, um, Discussion based process. So if there are issues, uh, you can openly discuss the issues with Apple and uh, resolve them and get your app onto the store. So it's not so much that once it's rejected, you can never get your app onto the store, and you know there's there's no um, there's nothing you can do. That that's not true. Uh, You can resolve the issues. And um, in all honesty, the the only reason why Apple will reject an application is if it if the application doesn't meet. A specific policy or guideline in their in their policies and guidelines that they have out- outlined on their website um, and with that being said, anytime they do reject an application they will specifically express to you why they rejected rejected your application and give you a specific uh, guideline or policy number to go reference as to why they rejected that application and from there you can either resolve it or have an open discussion as to why you believe you were actually not breaking that policy or guideline. Um, so while it's a pain to kind of go through that whole process, uh, it's not that it's, you know, Apple is some evil dictator that is just stating, nope, your app's rejected, it'll never be on the store. And that's not true. You can resolve and kind of work through those problems with them and, you know, eventually get your app deployed onto the store. Uh, so with that being said, I kind of want to discuss some of the common reasons that our client applications or our internal applications have been rejected by Apple and how we kind of went about resolving that. So the first example, uh, you know, that I want to discuss here is taking us way back to when I had started the mobile app, mobile application called Pima. Pima was an acronym that stands for people, places, parties in my area. Um, and we had discussed, I have discussed this, this application on previous Bike club episodes. Um, but I kind of want to dive into the initial deployment process of that application and, you know, how it eventually got onto the app store because the first time we actually submitted that application, uh, it, it was not accepted by Apple. It was actually rejected. And at first I, I almost panicked, you know, I was like, Oh, I spent all this time, I, you know, months and months of development and months and months of planning, marketing, et cetera. And the application got rejected. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, where do I, what do I go from here? This is, this is not good. Um, but like I had said, it, it was actually a very open process to discussing with Apple the reasons why they rejected it and you know, kind of working with them to resolve those those issues. And so the main reason why the application uh, was rejected, among some other th- details that I'll discuss um, shortly here, the main reason why it was rejected is because uh, the app actually allowed you to upload photos um, uh, to the application to basically kind of show the event that you, you know, you were hosting and whatnot. And Apple, one of their very strict policies is they do not allow for any sort of pornography to be on, on the Apple app store. So no applications that exhibit any form of pornography can be deployed on the Apple app store. And while this application, of course, was not any sort of pornographic application, the issue was that people could potentially upload photos that had that contained nudity in them, and so the discussion that we had with Apple was focused around how can we prevent or ensure that no pornographic images of 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 any kind could be uploaded to the Pima application, and um, you know. What we, what we actually ended up developing, which was pretty cool, was to, to resolve this issue. Was, we never actually updated the iOS code, uh, per se. What we did was we created a backend function that would actually scan every photo um, that was uploaded and use machine learning and basically determine whether or not that photo contained um, pornographic images or any, any type of nudity. Uh, and if it did, what we would do is we would basically scrub that from the database and never allow it to actually be saved or, or uploaded to the application. Um, and so that that's just an example of kind of one of, you know, reasons why Apple would reject an application. And some of the things that most developers uh, and startup companies might not think about, you know, you might think, okay, well, my application isn't at all a, a pornographic application by any means, um, but Apple is still kind of checking to make sure that there's no way that your application can break that policy. One of the other reasons why this application or the Pima application was rejected by Apple was for more of a simpler reason, and it was because um, some of the actual screenshots of the application that I had posted onto the App Store did not actually were not a good enough resolution or did not fit in the proper. Height and width that Apple was looking for. So I mean that was a super easy fix. I had to just kind of update those images and uh, retake those snapshots, and that you know wasn't a huge issue. And that kind of falls into the category of uh, missing or incomplete metadata. And we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more in a in the later part in the in in the uh, later portion of this episode, Um, because that's actually a, a very common reason that we see with a lot of our clients as to why applications get, get rejected. Uh, but bottom line, uh, Apple takes the, not only the development of the application very seriously, but the marketing and how you present that application. Um, and so that's another common thing that we see with some of our clients. And, and this doesn't necessarily relate to the Pima application per se, but if you, you know, you can't, Market your application in a way that does not reflect what it actually does, and the best example I can give you of this is Apple does either does not allow or has very strict policies on drinking games on on the App Store. Um, and so, what you cannot do is market your game as a uh, family-friendly game where it's just like a trivia game, but then like inside of that game, just kind of throw some random quirks about, Hey, you know, you got this trivia question wrong, drink like that, like that. You can't, you can't do things like that to get around it. You know, you have to, they're very cognizant and strict on making sure that the way your app is branded and and what it says that it it is and what it says the app does actually has to be true. And so you can't kind of say your app does one thing and then do another thing in your application. Apple does check for that. And, um, It's important to make sure that the way you brand your application and the way you present your application to the world is actually how your application will act and will function. So bottom line, don't mislead your users. And this even applies to in-app purchases or subscriptions. If you state that, hey, this subscription gives you five months of free content and it actually only gives you two months of free content, your app will absolutely be rejected. So you can't mislead people. That, that That's a big no-no to Apple. Along the lines of safety, another thing that we've seen with our clients as to reasons why Apple has rejected their application on the, on the original deployment is concerns about privacy and, and privacy policies. So I want to state very clearly here that you cannot submit a store to the Apple App Store without having a privacy policy attach that application and submit it along with your submission process as well. Um, so we have never had a Apple deny or reject an application because of an, of an actual privacy policy. Um, I do believe they review the, the the privacy policy, but whether or not they go into specific details as to whether or not the privacy policy is valid um, that I'm not sure of, but I would highly recommend that before you deploy an application to the Apple app store, Uh, you have an attorney um, give you legal advice or write the privacy policy in terms of service for you. Because, you know, uh, that documentation is required in order to get your application on the Apple App Store. As I was saying, from our experience with our clients, most clients' applications don't get rejected because their privacy policy isn't considered, uh, quote-unquote, good enough. Um, We have never run into that experience. uh, But what we have seen is, in terms of privacy, Uh, and and security of your application is that Apple is very concerned about how you are using the data of your users. Uh, Specifically, we've run into issues where apps have been rejected because of uh, IDFA um, problems. And IDFA, we've we've talked about it in our blog a bit, but what IDFA stands for is identifiers uh, for advertisers. And so what this means basically is, and and we've talked about this on previous podcast episodes and in our blog as well, uh, so feel free to check that out. But what they're used for is essentially advertisers. So the the best example I can give here is Google Ad Moms or Google Ads, uh, Google AdSense. We'll use IDFAs uh, on each individual user's device to basically show targeted ads. So what an IDFA is, is a unique identifier associated with a specific uh, mobile device and user. And that unique device number essentially can be shared across different mobile applications and websites to basically kind of show developers, hey, this person has visited these types of sites before or have used these types of types of apps before. And therefore, the targeted ads that come from Google ads are more specific. And so Apple has recently cracked down this and become more strict on these rules. So you cannot actually use the IDFA um, identifier in your mobile application Unless you explicitly ask the user, uh, to allow it. And if that user, uh, you know, decides not to allow it, uh, showing targeted ads in your application is very, very difficult because you don't have that IDFA, um, information to basically kind of have Google ads or Google ad mod, ad mob, Google ad mobs, I'm sorry, uh, display these targeted ads. So we've run into issues with clients where we've, you know, run into an issue where Apple has questioned whether or not, you know, we have blocked that that functionality if a user has not, um, you know, if a user has asked not, selected to not use the IDFA. And, and if for iPhone users, when you, th- this is prompted whenever you see that pop up, when you download a new app that says, you know, uh, ask not to track yes or no. If you select no, then that's when the IDFA is turned off. And so we've run into issues, kind of having apps rejected because we either didn't have that pop up pop up, or we a user might have. You know, there was ways in which a user uh, a a user could answer a certain way, and the app might still use the IDFA. So Apple is very strict about that, and they've gotten they've gotten better, and they've made it easier now. So if you know when when use whenever you that pop up comes up, it's actually a built in framework from Apple, and if that's selected. Uh, if the user selects no when that pop-up comes up then the IDFA is basically turned off completely for that app so even if our code um, or you know or the code of your application would try to access that IDFA anyway it's blocked it wouldn't be able to access that that identifier anyways so you know that's and that I don't want to say that's some that's a I don't I don't want to say that this is a common uh, reason apps get rejected uh, especially for our clients because you know that we've kind of smooth it out and kind of, got, you know, gotten that under under wraps and we're fully aware of that. But whenever Apple first rolled out that new policy, it was something that was, uh, you know, causing apps uh, to be rejected and it was something we had to kind of flush out. Another common reasons that we've seen in our experience as to why some of our apps and our clients' apps have been rejected by Apple um, is because of incomplete metadata. And what this means is it's Either the description or the data that describes what your app is and does is either incomplete or does not accurately um, describe your application. And the best example that I can give you is something that we've run to our clients in the run, with, something that we have run in with our clients in the past is uh, the use of screenshots and videos. So we've we've never had an application that we have built internally or an application we built for a client be rejected by Apple because the description was incorrect or you know anything like that. The main reason they, they reject applications, uh, in our experience, uh, with metadata issues is related to the screenshots and videos of the application. Um, if they feel that the screenshots do not accurately depict what the application does, they'll probably reject your application and ask you to basically just take new screenshots and upload those screenshots. Uh, this is very common whenever we're Making an update, and let's say this update adds a new screen or a new feature, and perhaps that that feature or new screen is a more prominent feature and screen in this update. It, you know, it's become a more prominent uh, thing in the application, and we don't include that screenshot or, or video of this of this screen on the App Store metadata, then Apple will, will most likely reject the application and um, have us basically update those screenshots on the store so that they accurately reflect what the app does. Uh, so that, that's a pretty easy fix, but that is actually a very common reason why apps will get rejected. And, and honestly, that's just because for most developers and, and companies, um, unless you have a large marketing team, your main focus to start is making sure the application works. And you know, your main concern is, okay, this does this application work? And will it be accessible and usable by the users. You're not really concerned about making sure your screenshots of this application are are perfect or, you know, accurately, 100% depict every little feature of the application. Um, So that's something to be aware of, too, and that's another common reason why apps will get rejected. Lastly, one of the other reasons that we see Uh, client applications get rejected is because the applications uh, that we submit to the store do not run correctly on specific Apple devices, such as an iPad or iPhone. To give you a specific example of this, we usually only see this type of rejection happen in the scenario that I'm about to describe. And that's whenever we've uh, developed or designed an application that is specifically designed for an iPhone and not an iPad. And so when we submit this to the store, if we do not kind of check the checkbox that, hey, this is specifically for iPhones, do not let this be uh, downloadable by iPad users on the App Store. Uh, And if the UI doesn't kind of match up correctly on the iPad or look clean or doesn't function 100% properly on the iPad, Apple is going to absolutely reject that application. And usually that's more on the the submitter's uh, error. where they you know they should have kind of expressed that this is hey this is not meant for iPads or vice versa and so that's another common reason that we see apps get rejected um, and again it's not a huge issue it's you know easily resolved you know it's not too complicated it's you know more of just paperwork but yeah these are some of the common reasons we see our internal apps and our client applications get rejected and as you can tell um, the big takeaways from this episode is that it's not the end of the world if your application gets rejected the first or second time around. Uh, you can work with app, Apple, have open dialogue, make the corrections, resubmit, and then eventually you will get your application on the Apple App Store. You know, some, but some important key points to take away from this is to just make sure you understand Apple's guidelines and policies for getting apps on the App Store uh, because they do change frequently. And they, like I've mentioned in this episode, they do take these things very seriously. So if any part of your application breaks any one of those guidelines or policies, Apple will absolutely reject your application. If you need help getting your app on the Apple App Store, or if you have a great app idea and you want to bring that idea to life, you can book an appointment on our website at www.adsappllc.com. Let's build together.